the hard shoulder. With Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. Well, as we alluded to earlier in the show, in this week's Down to Earth episode, uh, Dr. Cara Gustenberg is going to speak as a victim, well, I mean (laughs) practitioner, in relation to being an owner of an electric vehicle because there's a summit all about electric vehicles in Croke Park this Thursday and she's speaking along with the good and the great like the Green Party's Eamon Ryan. But maybe with a difference because uh, not only has Cara talked the talk, as all our eco-warriors do, but she's actually walked the walk. So what has been, Cara, welcome, your own experience of owning an EV? Well, the the term victim is only partially true because I will say that you know, electric vehicles are superior cars technologically. They're really fun to drive and there's huge cost savings associated with not having to pay for petrol and things. But uh, it is it is hard to be an early adopter because uh, the infrastructure just isn't there for us, really. Specifically, is it charging points? Yeah, yeah, the charging points aren't there. So if you're if you're lucky enough where you have a home with a driveway, you can have a home charger. But a lot of people aren't. Um, I do have a home charger, so I'm lucky in that sense. But and and if your commute is under say 120 kilometers a day, then it's a no brainer if you're buying a new car to to buy an electric vehicle. But if you've got to take it on a road trip, that's when things get really hairy because we have about a 900 uh, chargers in the Republic of Ireland right now. Not all of them are working, and because they're free, you don't pay actually to charge your vehicle. There's really no incentive when they break for them to to get repaired at the moment. Now they're supposed to start charging, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, and and so at the same time that we have this situation with the infrastructure, where where it's it's scary to take an electric vehicle on a road trip uh, for many reasons, uh, we have this government ambition to solve climate change essentially by putting another million uh, electric vehicles on the road by 2030, which which is such an outrageous goal when you look at where we are now. We have less than uh, 0.2% of cars on the road right now are electric in Ireland, and we're going to go to over 31% in the in the next 10 years. It's so outrageous. We might as well be saying that Ireland's going to put someone on the moon in the next 10 years. All right, and we will come back to that. But I just want to stick with charging points for the, for the moment, insofar as the budget announced that they were going to have a lot more of them couple of questions. Is the location of them a problem? Is the design of them a problem? You, you referred that they're sometimes not working. And, and I often saw people parked in them. They think it's a parking bay. Yeah. And, and, and you know, this is something I think that, that probably if you're, if you're a, a government or a politician that's working on EV policy, you should, probably shouldn't be allowed to do it unless you've driven an EV for three to six months uh, to, to really understand this. And I didn't realize until I had one um, just how badly located the EV chargers can be. So oftentimes they're at train stations, which is a bit weird because people you plug in their car and then they leave it for the entire day. So it's kind of out of use for everybody else. Um, and, and then oftentimes they're in, in the back corner of a dark parking lot uh, where particularly for a woman like myself, you know, going and plugging in in the middle of the night in a dark corner of a parking lot is not something you want to do. Um, so they're not really around amenities, which is what you want when you're charging. You want to be able to go and get a coffee or go to the bathroom or, or do something other than just sit in your in your cold car. All right. So that that's the first problem. The, the second, let's talk about the capital cost. So uh, I, I know of a few people who own a Nissan Leaf 
uh, uh, just just talk us through the grants that are available compared to buying uh, a fossil fuel car. Yeah, well, there's a kind of a misconception that electric vehicles are so much more expensive than petrol vehicles. They're really not because we have we have a couple grants. We have an SEAI grant of, of five thousand euro that you get when you buy the car, and then there's another uh, five thousand euro reduction on on VRT. So uh, a, a forty kilowatt Nissan Leaf right now retails for about uh, twenty nine thousand when you when you take the five grand deduction there. And and if you look at a similar uh, Ford Focus petrol car, that's about twenty five thousand. So there's about a four thousand euro difference. But actually, when you look at the cost savings in not having to buy petrol or diesel, you'll get all that money back within three years. Well, talk us through, uh, you know, 100 kilometres, 200 kilometres uh, per unit of travel. How how does the cost compare? Yes. So uh, sorry, do I take it if you go to the charging points, it's free, it, it, as opposed to in your home, you have to pay for it on yes. your ESP bill? So if you're a real cheapskate right now, obviously you go to the charging points and you don't charge at home. But let's presume you are charging at home at night with a with a night meter and you're driving 200 kilometres a week. You're spending about two, uh, €2.50, so the cost of a, a cup of coffee. Uh, per week to charge at home at night. And then compared to a petrol car, you'd be spending about €21 Euro a week for petrol or €15 Euro a week for diesel. So that's a savings of, of uh, €1,300 Euro a year um, in that case. Right. And a lot of people would maybe do 500 kilometres right. a week. Yeah. You know, that'll be 25 a year. So you could multiply that by, you know, what, it's really three grand. Yeah. So, I mean, in one, yeah, in one sense, the more you drive, uh, the more value for money you get from an EV. However, if your daily commute is over around 120 kilometres a day, you know, now you're getting to the point where your, your range anxiety kicks in and it gets a little stressful. So there's a there's a happy balance there. Okay, well, now we know the government are great on green targets. Now, you alluded to this earlier that uh, they they have, by 2020, 10% of all vehicles. And is it by 2030, a million vehicles? Where do we stand right now? Uh, so we have just under 5,000 electric cars on the road at the start of 2019, compared to about 1,200 cars at the electric vehicles at the start of 2018. So we have a lot more electric vehicles, but that's still 0.2% of the total vehicles. And we have an, a previous government target that, that by this time next year, we would have 10% of all vehicles on the road being EVs. So we're way, way off that target. And now the government has proposed this even more ambitious target for 2030, which essentially would mean that for the next 10 years, every single new car that was purchased would have to be an electric vehicle to reach that target. So where does that leave the regulations, futuristic regulations, on NCTs for people who have diesel and petrol vehicles? Well, the the plan is that that we will phase out the purchase of all fossil fuel cars by 2030 and the the granting of NCTs would stop by 2045. So in theory, we would have about 2 million cars, petrol and diesel cars, that would have to come off our roads. Uh, And they would probably end up in places like Nigeria or other places that don't have any uh, policy on, on electric vehicles. So, you know, we're not really solving the climate problem if that's our approach. And um, and and if you look at like Norway, for example, which is considered the poster child of, of electric vehicles, they have over 200,000 vehicles uh, that are electric right now out of two and a half million cars. They have had policies since the 1990s on this. And still, it's only about 7% of their vehicles are electric. So to think that we're going to go from 0.2% to 30% in the next 10 years is, is really out of touch with reality. Oh, oh. Okay, so I get your scepticism despite overall support. If you were Tisha, what would you do? 
Oh, I wish I was Stephen Fischek. But, um, well, first of all, I think that... that well, the... you're on the council estate, <laughs> which is halfway there with I wish. Um, I think what we have to do is stop looking at this as a incentivizing people who are already buying new cars, um, incentivizing them to buy electric cars. What we need to be doing is incentivizing them to not buy petrol and diesel cars. So we need to be making petrol and diesel cars way more expensive. So higher oh. taxes on them. In Norway, they got rid of the sales tax on electric vehicles, actually, to make them cheaper. Um, so that if you if you are privileged enough to be able to buy a new car, and a lot of people aren't, well, then it only makes sense for you to buy an electric car. But th- what we're doing right now is we're saying we're going to keep adding taxes on to petrol and diesel at the pumps. So we're continuing to penalize people who can't afford to buy a new car anyway. And, and that is what, what's going to create a lot of backlash and kind of opposition to things like carbon taxes. Right. Uh, so that's a, a penalty you want to introduce for people using petrol and diesel cars. Well, the, a penalty for people who are actually buying a petrol or diesel car at this stage. If you're if you're buying a new car right now, you shouldn't be doing buying a petrol or diesel car. You should only be buying an electric car. And 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 so, but yet there's there's over two hundred and fifteen models of cars in Ireland right now that are petrol or diesel, and only about fifteen of them are electric. So you know we don't have the the selection of electrics to choose from either. Well, from my dealings with the motor industry, uh, a a key component of the new car market is what's called the fleet market. In other words, you take all those who rent cars uh, as tourists who come to Ireland for a month and and rent cars. Mm -hmm. And then you take all the company cars. They are often fleet car buyers. Is there anything we could incentivize the fleet car industry to go for electric vehicles. Yeah, and I think this shows you how how uncertain the electric vehicle market is right now because the fleet uh, companies aren't investing in electric vehicle technology and it's because they feel that the technology is changing so quickly that there's no point in buying uh, a, a model now that's going to be essentially out of date in a year or two. And, and that's what's happening with electric vehicles. I mean, I, when I was looking, I looked at buying secondhand and, and the grants aren't there if you buy secondhand. So you don't get that 5,000 euro deduction off the cost. So actually a second-hand electric vehicle is more expensive than a than a new uh, electric vehicle, and the technology isn't as good. So I think we need to start incentivizing the second-hand electric vehicle market uh, because right now there's no incentive to buy a second-hand EV. And, um, and we need to look at why the fleet market is apprehensive. And I would argue that, that a lot of people are apprehensive not because of cost of the EVs, but because of an insecurity in the infrastructure. All right, and you've covered that well. Before I let you go, um, Mary Robinson uh, made remarks in the last day or so in relation to uh, climate change campaigners. And when questioned about her views on Extinction Rebellion rebellion protest stage in London, uh, she said that there was uh, an importance of continuing the appeal to the public uh, and not to alienate them. Do you agree? Yeah, she she's absolutely right, and and she said some very supportive comments about Extinction Rebellion and Greta Thunberg in that in that piece. But um, you know, in London, they have gotten in trouble for blocking people from their daily commute, and that is really important that we don't uh, get in people's way who are just trying to get to and from work, and particularly if they're using public transport. And actually, Naomi Klein spoke uh, on Friday at the at the International. 
International Literature Festival here, and she was reminding us that then in the Occupy movement, what they did is they opened up all the barricades to allow people to use public transport for free. Uh, so, you know, that's the kind of obstruction we need to be thinking of. And I think there is a risk with Extinction Rebellion because they're a, a flat structure and they encourage uh, local self-organization. You know, there's always a risk that people will infiltrate that group with maybe not the right intentions. And I and I think what Mary Robinson was saying was just that groups like that need to be mindful that, that they don't get hijacked by, by people who are disruptive in that way. All right. And if you would like tickets uh, to go to the Electric Vehicle Summit, if you're interested in, on, in Croke Park this Thursday, the 24th of October, log on to evsummit, all one word, uh, dot i.e. There are some tickets still available. And not only will you hear Cara Gustenberg has been moderated by News Talk's own Jonathan McRae. That's our down-to-earth slot uh, back in Dublin. My thanks, as always, to Dr. Cara Gustenberg. Thanks, Ivan. Thank you.